0: Welcome to the Product Agility Podcast, the missing link between agile and product. The purpose of this podcast is to share practical tips, strategies, and stories from world class thought leaders and practitioners. Why, I hear you ask. Well, I want to increase your knowledge and your motivation to experiment so that together we can create ever more successful products. My name is Ben Maynard, and I'm your host. What has driven me for the last decade to bridge the gap between agility and product is a deep-rooted belief that people and products evolving together can achieve mutual excellence. Now this is one of a number of a few special episodes because I was fortunate enough to find myself at Lean Agile London 2023 surrounded by some brilliant speakers. I had my mic, I had my phone, I had a lot of coffee and so I plucked up the courage to approach some of these awesome people and ask them to... Give us their talk in ten. I am here with Gabby. Gabby, can I call you Gabby or is it Gabrielle? What do you prefer? Gabrielle Benefield. Gabrielle Benefield. I've never, I've definitely never called you Gabby to your face. I've never called you really. Gabrielle. Yeah, I didn't do the uh, what someone did to you at a conference no, yesterday and no, called like Gabriella or something. They were just because well,
1: I live in Portugal, so Gabriella. You know, it's it's otherwise Gabrielle in certain countries is actually the male version. So. You know that could get confusing for everyone or not
0: <laughs> it's certainly good well thank you so much for making this time um i met you uh probably eight or nine years ago i think i came on a product on the course of yours yeah and that's where i met jem as well oh, wow. all those many years ago and so we find ourselves here lean agile london day two and i grabbed gabby just to hear um, about her talk in 10 and maybe a segue into some other little uh, interesting topics so gabby thank you for making the time and um, would you like to uh, tell everyone about your talk yesterday?
1: Yeah, so this time I was thinking, because it's, you know, we all talk about being customer-centric and I think you need to in a way live that, so I was thinking well, everyone's coming to Lean Agile, what are they after? I was saying, well, I think a lot of people want to talk to each other they want to meet new people, right, so what are their outcomes? And then I thought, well, I can give a kind of standard talk which always feels like a bit more of a push, people are sort of pushing their brand their thing, what they're trying to sell. And I thought, well, if this is about them, what do they want to do? So it had to be super interactive. And then I thought, well, it's going to be, you know, if I'm doing the closing keynote, it's the end of day. People are tired. And so anyway, what we hatched up was uh, I roped in some friends who are part of the conference and thought we'll do some sort of pub-style quiz at the conference. That morphed and pivoted even the night before into – well, I suppose they want to learn something as well. So I quickly shoved in a creative exercise. So it went from, uh, you know, come along. I did do a, you know, two-minute about outcomes, uh, why you need to. So, so I showed the um, Mobius Navigator and talked a little bit about outcome delivery, just a small amount to say, you know, it's all about understanding the problems, why we do something. Then I put them into a creative exercise, which essentially everyone dives into and they do the opposite, which is really funny, and so then you go through design something, and then you're trying to get it more right, like you're a client. And then uh, <laughs> I said, okay, so you know, if you've got any questions, come on up. One team exactly came up, and they said, what do you mean by this sort of idea of this experience? I went, well, I want it to be better. And then they slowly got there and finally figured out there was a problem to solve. So one team out of six did that, and then it was fun because, of course, their idea actually did solve the problem, which was actually pretty constrained. So um, yeah, I I don't wanna give away the whole exercise because I might run it again somewhere. And then we had a super fun uh, pub quiz style, which I put in all the very little known agile um, snippets. For example, if I told you Ben, uh, who first graded continuous flow with Scrum? Would it be Jeff Sutherland, Dan Ficante, Carl Scotland, David Anderson, who would you pick?
0: Oh, my word. Um, I would say, just because I do list on it, Vacanti.
1: Right. And you going know, what? He did continuous flow with Scrum. So people don't really know that, well, for a start, Scrum always says there is no minimum sprint length, right? So we just saw a talk where Liz was talking, Liz Keo was talking about constraints and cannaven and things. And she said, oh, you know, these two-week sprints, and, like, it's a very, very... Governing hard constraint, but actually, there is no minimum um, uh, sprint length. And so, even Jeff Sutherland will be saying, you know, we do 45 minute sprints. And he was the first one at Patient Keeper. There's something called type ABC scrum, which came from the original Nanaka san and Takeuchi san in Japan. And they talk about type A scrum, is where you've got these um, almost like waterfall, very, you know, segregated fragmented cycles then overlapping is what most people think of as scrum in these sort of smaller iterations and then type c is actually continuous flow and that's where jeff and his earliest companies actually got to where it was continuous flow which is quite interesting i can imagine the kanban community going what you know that's crazy so anyway i and then other things that were fascinating for something that's a little thrown together whatever session because i just wanted to have fun actually that was my outcome Was that I had these uh, (laughs) volunteers, so Jose who organised the conference and Seth and Stuart Young and all these fun people and they didn't really know what they were doing so I threw them into a bit of chaos where I said okay we're going to read out these questions and of course we had tech problems and everybody's pitching and it was hilarious. And then the boys just, and I'm calling them boys because they were like children, they were so naughty, and they just had this moving chaos, but because they were super agile people, everybody thought it was very funny, and they somehow got super organised within about two minutes, and yeah, so high energy, and for me that was a big learning actually, that I've just got to, I already make really interactive uh, trainings, but I'm going to super gamify absolutely everything because all my favorite sessions I don't know what you did conference ben, but um, the ones that are interactive they make you think they stick with you and I think it's that transference of you can read this stuff you can be told it once you have to live it um, I think it not only makes it sink in but it actually disrupts common patterns so if you've got a common way of doing something You'll do it and you'll do it, but it's that habit and ritual. You need to experience something in a different way to get used to it, like going to the gym and getting new muscles, or, apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so they say. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I, I interviewed a lady called Julie Dirksen on my podcast a little while ago, one of my... Uh, my favourite episode, because Julie was just, just blew my mind, uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal person, and her book, uh, Design for How People Learn, I have not stopped recommending it to people for the last eight to nine months, it's just brilliant, and layering that on top of training from the back of the room, you know, it's just kind of really made me just sit up and pay attention, I mean, you're right about training, like getting it more engaging, but I'm just working with schools as well at the moment, saying, well, how do we engage like, the whole person? And that is everything from like movement and it's kind of how you think differently, but it's also your emotions and your history and and your aspirations. How do you integrate all of that into a learning experience? Because that's where the real kind of the the ability to recall comes from. I interviewed a guy uh, who will be coming on a podcast in the next few months about Lego serious play. And he said to me that our brains are not limited by capacity, but by our ability to recall. And I just thought I just really stuck with me, and I thought it's true. Like we all we have these little seeds of thoughts and things. We're like, oh, I know something about that, but we can't recall it. But when you engage the whole person, like you were saying, you know, and make it fun. I mean, that quiz sounds awesome. I'm sad I missed it. Um, I think it makes it easier to remember. And there's a whole really raft of kind of cognitive neurosciencey reasons behind that. But you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, actually, a friend of mine said when he was a kid in South Africa. Uh, we were talking about math being just kind of hard and boring for a lot of kids to learn and he said uh, they learned their multiplication tables by being outside and they physically moved like two spaces forward you know, four spaces left and so the whole thing was physical so you're getting healthy while you're embedding these patterns and I think that works with your neuroplasticity so setting down these pathways and linking and connecting things so again, I, I agree and I think we've got to look at that right before the podcast we just started touching on you know certain things feel very almost rigid there's a certain way of doing things or uh, all these frameworks out there and you know Mobius Outcome Delivery the whole point is that it's so sort of neutral and you can recombine and recreate and you don't you're not as um, so rigid with it and I think with learning these things you know it's that ability for people to connect it like you say to their reality and recombine at will. And I think that physicality as well was going to embed it a lot more.
0: Oh, there's so much, so much I'd love to talk to you about. Uh, but I think you've mentioned Mobius there, uh, and maybe a lot of the listeners haven't heard of Mobius, and know it's something that we spoke about when I first met you uh, all those years ago. Where is Mobius in its life cycle now?
1: Yeah, so uh, right now we've been actually ramping up big time because after the pandemic I'm more of a people person, so... I felt like I took a time warp holiday, like many people. Uh, what, what we're doing is, because of that neutrality of Mobius, that um, if you're not familiar, imagine in your minds a, uh, what we call the Mobius Strip, but it's an infinity loop. And so it combines discovery, deciding, and delivering. And it makes it more of a fluid flow. So if you think of something like you know, Scrum or one of these frameworks... It's what I call very right loop. It's about let's build something, let's build it fast, and you're in this sort of single cycle. Uh, When you think of something like design thinking, it's about, oh, let's do discovery and let's um, uh, figure out if we're building the the right thing. And so what Mobius does is it uh, the Navigator combines both sides and it brings in multiple frameworks. And so I'm working on a lot of little book projects. So a friend, Henrik Newberg, said and I asked him how do you get so much material out and he said well I always do small things and I realised I had a giant book with so much material because you want to sort of give your knowledge and go into depth but that's again not how people learn so I've created little books and then we're doing a series of things like outcome delivery with Scrum with Jeff Sutherland Dan Canty's working on the outcome delivery with Kanban and so it's bringing all this idea of you know are you building the right thing with how we get continuous flow across uh, so that you know, it's, it's international, it's open source. We have coaches all over the world. Uh, Kubert, you saw his talk, he's using it in places like Pakistan and Yemen. We've got Innovation Labs, I don't know, Boeing, Aerospace. doesn't matter what it is, we've got people using it now. So it's it's been really great, actually. And I love that it's community-led. So there's a lot of people just building stuff and connecting it. It's a bit like Lego, I suppose, for connecting all these ideas together.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll have to get you back on and really well, you teach me a bit more about it, right? And we'll go over some examples. Yeah, lovely. Well, Gabrielle, thank you so much for your time. Is there any kind of final thoughts or words you want to share with our listeners?
1: Oh, God, I hate it when you're put on the spot. Uh, Well, I'm a
0: a well-known arsehole, so...
1: Yeah, you are that, Ben. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I think just, you know, step back and try to look at things a little differently and don't get too rigid in the way you do things. I think as soon as we start getting rigid on this is the one right way you create a lot of resistance to change so I think you know go with the flow and that figure out what people's deeper motivations are both personally and for your customers and if you can really work on that and focus on that I think you get get where you need to go.
0: I would have uh, done a mic drop for you, but I wouldn't have better to sign off. So thank you very much for that caveat. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I absolutely adore going to these conferences and Lean Agile London 2023 is probably one of the best conferences I've been to in a long, long time, virtual or in person. So thank you to the organisers for letting me be there and be part of it. If you want to know more about Lean Agile London 2023, then head to their website, leanagile.london. That will also be in the show notes. Now, if there is a conference that you think I should go to and do more of these talks and 10, then by all means, get me on social media. There's a way to contact me in the show notes. Let me know which one I should go to. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. I am Ben Maynard, and this is the Product Agility Podcast.